track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. We got one hell of an episode for you guys tonight. We got Davy Sprocket live in the building to go over the updates on his Roadstar bill. But before we get into that and a whole bunch of other good shit, let's kick this thing off the way we always do with these motherfucking sponsors. First up, we got Chop Cult, the motherfucking hub. Swing on over there, make yourself an account, sell your parts in the free classifieds, scroll through the Brolet decks and add yourself to it, check out the blog, and of course, enjoy the forums. Lisa's holding it down over there doing a hell of a job, so make sure you swing over there and follow them on Instagram at Chop Cult. Next up, we got Chicken Fried Choppers, run by the one and only Chicken Rick, the chopper plug. He's got hand-picked parts from builders across the country. Stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and all the chopper goodies that you could ever dream of, as well as the low-life merch. If you want to grab yourself a t-shirt or a sticker to support the show, that is the place to do it. Next up, we got Broadway Customs out there in Denver, Colorado doing some of the dopest fabrication work they've got cnc plasma cutting 3d printing automotive fabrication motorcycle fabrication and commercial so they do it all make sure you're following broadway customs on instagram next up we got lowbrow customs everything you need for the road ahead since 2004 tyler is a great dude Sponsors events across the entire country, has a scholarship program to ge- to train the next generation of motherfucking TIG welders, and they've got all the parts you need to build an entire motorcycle. Super cool site. Also a bunch of fabrication parts that are beautifully cut. So if you're looking for key switch tabs, tabs for mounting sissy bars, fenders, oil tanks, all that good stuff, Find it at lowbrowcustoms.com or follow them on Instagram at lowbrowcustoms. Next up, we got Paco, 52 years in the game. They got all the frames you could need for your Harley-Davidson motorcycles. All the different engines, all the way back to the old ones like the flatheads through the newer ones. They've got everything you could ask for as well as exhausts, handlebars, headlights, transmission components. Mm. Love the transmission components. Make sure you're following Paco Parts on Instagram to lay your eyes on those fucking components. Next up, we got Custom Destruction, the purveyor of the finest helmets in the motherfucking game. Taking custom orders, he can do anything you've got your heart set on. Pick the exterior shell color, the trim color, the liner color. You could do it all. And Wes is a great dude. Got to meet him in person at the Back Road Barbecue Run. And 
actually, I just saw they got inside custom destruction, which is just fe- a blog post feature on Chopcoal. So go check that out if you want to see inside custom destruction. Next up, we've got this month's giveaway sponsor, Raise Hell Motorcycle Co. Kind enough to donate a swag pack for one lucky lowlife, which we will be drawing next week. So keep those motherfucking ears peeled. Lucky winner is going to be taking home a hat, a shirt, stickers, koozies, and some other goodies. So tune in next week. See which lucky lowlife is going home with that prize pack. And the only thing you have to do to win is go to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast. Click on giveaway level supporter. Enter your Instagram name as your name and follow Raise Hell Motorcycle Co. That's it. If you are the lucky winner and we pull up your Instagram and you are following, we will put you in touch and you will get your prize back. So, we won't dilly-dally on this one. We've got a lot to get to. There's a lot of updates because Davey has been a busy guy. So, with no further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this interview with Davey Sprocket. All right, guys, we are live on the phone with the man himself, the Davy Sprocket. Welcome back to the show, brother. What's up, man? I'm glad to be back. It is good to have you back. Let's kick this thing off the most appropriate way here. How is the shoulder? I notice you're not wearing a sling anymore. Uh, so yeah, so I pretty much haven't wore a sling since the last time you see me in person. Um, I took that shit off in like New Jersey on the way back and never put it back on. <laughs> oh, okay. So the sling's been gone for a long time. Yeah. It's been gone since you see me at Debbie pretty much. It, it, I got tired of it riding down the road and I said, fuck it, third in the back seat and it's been gone. But, uh, yeah, so the shoulders got some days that are okay and some days that are kind of fucked um but yeah you were waiting to see last time we talked about it you for anybody who didn't catch the first episode Davey sent the four-wheeler off a jump at deadbeat (laughs) and there's a pretty hysterical picture of me looking very disapproving about it while he's laying on the ground (laughs) and uh basically we ended up rushing er and he what was it that they said it was exactly it's so they I've got, so the, the doctor up there originally said my AC joint was torn, which is like, that's right. From what I Googled pictures, it's basically like a cartilage or ligament or whatever the hell it's called that connects your collarbone to your shoulder. It keeps your collarbone from like moving around. Um, so I got a second opinion when I got back home. Um, finally did. I got into orthopedic back here, mm-hmm. uh, seen him. Um, he said the same thing, took it took new x-rays, said the same thing. AC's torn. Uh, give it, I think he said like three weeks or something. I'll see you back. We'll see if it's getting any better. Three weeks went by, wasn't getting any better. So then he said, all right, let's schedule you for an MRI. And that was, fuck man, I'd have to look at my calendar, but that's been a hot minute. I'm still waiting to get an MRI. Really? <laughs> I actually, I been able yeah. To get in for it. Uh, no, the hospital is yet to get me in for an MRI. I don't get in until November. Look at my calendar here. It's like November 12th. I get in for an MRI was the earliest. And I, the last time I seen him when he scheduled it was September 22nd. Damn. So, yeah. So that was like 
the earliest they could get me in for an MRI. Uh, That's really impressive that, that that information was available to you at the drop of a hat like that. You're like, I saw him on the 22nd of September. <laughs> I just I pulled my phone out and checked my calendar because I save everything in my Google Calendar. Oh, I see. Gotcha. I'm like, wow. yeah, so I was flipping through to see where I had the stuff scheduled because I had my orthopedic appointments. Because then my phone will buzz me like that morning. I'll set it up. So when I get up that morning at like 8 a.m., it'll buzz me and say, hey, you got orthopedic at 3 p.m. today. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't forget this shit. Oh, boy, how I how I wish I had done that. I just missed a, an eye appointment today f- for the same problem where mm-hmm. I just I saw I actually wrote it in on the physical calendar right under what I had to do for my dog that day. And I only saw the part about my dog and I didn't read down beyond it. And so no eye appointment. But so you get MRIs and then that's going to tell you if it's more than just the AC or that's just going to tell you how bad yeah. of a tear. No, that's the, the MRI is basically to see if I tore like the rotator or um, so I've actually had labral repairs in both shoulders already. Uh, so they were kind of fucked before Debbie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not so good. Oh, did I lose you here? All right. We're back. I lost you for a minute. Yeah. It kind of cut out for a sec there. Yeah. But yeah, so it's basically just to see uh, what else is going on in there. If there's more than just a, uh, more than just the AC, because apparently the AC will repair itself is what everyone keeps telling me. Well, that's pretty handy. It's not getting any better. So they're assuming there's something else going on. We're going to get the, uh, you guys can't see this because, uh, you're not on the Zoom call with us. We're getting the live shotgun going on right now. The PBR has disappeared. There it is. Don't let, yeah. don't let the banquet beer know you're cheating on it with the PBR. PBR. Had a little connection issue there, but we are back. So basically, November, you're going to find out the extent of the damage, right? Yep. Yeah. So November is going to suck, Dick. Um, on the 12th, I have to go get this like six or eight inch long needle. Basically, they take it and go in the back behind your shoulder blade and they run it all the way up into your shoulder socket. And then they fill your shoulder socket up with this uh, UV dye that expands the shoulder socket. So basically imagine like someone's tugging on your shoulder and trying to pull it out of socket. It expands your thing so they can see in there better. And it takes like pretty much the rest of the day to disperse through your body and get your shoulder back to normal. So you're already in pain because you're, you know, something's fucked up and then you get a doctor taking this giant needle and sticking it up in there and then filling you full of this fluid that's going to expand it and feel like someone's taking your already broken shoulder and pulling it out of socket. So that is fucking rugged, dude. Been through it twice already. So I kind of know what to expect. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You do know what you're getting into. I don't yeah, know. I know what you're getting into and I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I've done it twice and I still am dreading November 12th coming around. 
Oh, well, I'll, I'll shoot you a text on that morning. I'll set the alarm yeah. so that I actually get the reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That morning I'll, uh, my appointment is early too. It's like, uh, I think my MRI scheduled for 10, 9.45, scheduled for 9.45, but they told me to be there at like 9.15 because the woman called me to do the little pre-screening shit. And she's like, have you done any welding or grinding in the last month? And I was like, this was like a month ago too. She called me uh, and they scheduled it. And I was like, lady, I was like, I've been welding and grinding literally every fucking night. And I'm going to continue to do it every fucking night. She's like, are you welding? She's like, are you wearing protective gear? And I said, when I weld, I wear a helmet. She's like, he's grind, I don't wear dig. shit. He just wants, <laughs> she wants you to, to TIG, Davey. That's what she wants. She's like, why don't yeah. you get one of those TIGs so you get all that, the low metal content. She wants me to be a bitch and put a fucking cover back on my grinder <laughs> and wear a face shield. Don't nobody need a safety guard or a face shield. Seriously. Yeah, to the, the shields that are go on the grinders, I don't even know that I've even come across somebody They're in the fucking way take that shit off put it in the trash cans where it belongs there's really no way to get around the fact that they're like they're always in the fucking way yep if somebody but, could just yeah. design like a better one people might actually use it yeah like something that's you know thinner and not a giant chunk of metal hanging off the side when you're trying to do precision little cuts yeah, at, once that wheel, like you lose an eighth of an inch off of that cutting disc, that's that's it. Yeah. it no longer You're looking time. from the side trying to hit your mark. Yeah, <laughs> just missing shit completely. It's yeah. That's yep, awesome. so I actually had one of my videos taken down that I posted. Uh, I was posting like a to a welding subreddit, and I had one of my videos taken down because of improper safety gear and i was like what which shit is this oh man reddit actually took you down of all reddit, places reddit where you can post pictures of like there's literally a thing on reddit i'm not telling anyone to look this up but if you want to look it up it's there's one literally called like shower beers and it's just pictures of people butt naked taking pictures of themselves holding a beer in the shower oh my god like, fantastic yeah yeah you and gotta watch that. There's a bunch of dudes on there, and they're using the can to measure their dick, but none of them compared to Rana. <laughs> Listen, they're doing what they can. Yeah, there's all yeah. kinds of fucked up shit on Reddit. They got porn on Reddit too, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can that. put porn. You can put shower beers. There's a whole section called Reddit After Dark that's just literally porn. Yeah, but then if you post but a you video, post a video thing without gloves yeah. on. They're like, mm, you're sending the wrong message to people. And I'm like, no, you fucking are. <laughs> Reddit's owned by OSHA. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's I was doing a hardtail frame and I thought people would like to see the process. And they're like, yeah, you didn't have gloves on though. We don't want people trying this without gloves. And I'm like, well, fuck them. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It is. But enough about me. Let's talk about this build because anybody who was thinking that this shoulder was going to keep you from diving headfirst into yeah. the roadstar build was sorely mistaken you've been hard at work at this thing what's the best place i guess we should just start from where we where we left off which was yeah. you took it last time we talked yeah last time we talked i think i had just placed my first lowbrow order 
and blew like 400 bucks. And now I look and I'm like, I blew 400 bucks and I laugh because I don't even want to talk about how much money's been going into this thing every month. <laughs> You're like, I'm about to blow so much more. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, those memes running around where the guy's like, I'm never going to financially recover from this. That's yes, me right yes, now. the the, the uh, Tiger King. Yeah, I'm like that. That's literally me right now. I keep looking at his bike. I'm like, I'm never going to financially recover. But yeah, so I had ordered, I think the last time I had just ordered like the tire and chip for the rear and some little piddly stuff off lowbrow. But man, since then, it's been fucking crazy, honestly. Um, yeah, it's been also uh, long. You got, before we, right, before we, before we cut the video and I got to see where it sits right now. So let's start with the seat situation because that's a really cool feature of this that I, I feel like you took full advantage of the way the frame was laid out to to have this unique setup that, that not many people have. So let's let's go into that. Where did you start with the seat? What was your vision for it? And what's that pan looking like? So... I've had a bunch of weird fucking ideas that just come to my head because that's kind of how my brain operates. But I knew I wanted to run a king and queen seat on this bike, pretty much any bike, because I built one for the Honda and they're just, there's no like, once you set in a king and queen, you have that back support and there's no better feeling, man, like riding down the road and actually having like a full backrest behind you. So I knew I wanted to do a, a king and queen. I knew I wanted a two up opportunity. Um, but having all the, I want to keep as much negative space as I can because you extended the frame out. Um, got to have the negative space. So gotta have it, man. Yeah. So I was kind of playing around with the idea and I was like, you know, how can I hide electrical and still run a King and Queen? And I've seen people do a King and Queen where it's on a solo hinge and the whole seat flips up and does all this, but I didn't want to do all that. So I built a two-piece. So basically I made my seat pan and then kind of kicked it up to where my backrest will be and made my backrest, the passenger seat, and up the sissy bar all one solid piece that's mounted. It's mounted to the fender directly behind my seat and not yet, but soon to be mounted to the sissy bar as well. So it'll have two points of contact it'll all be wrapped up and mounted and it'll still give me uh, kind of that. It's got a real nice flow. Like if I, I sat on it and was playing around with the angles of, you know, where I wanted my seat to land and how I wanted my back to be and all. Uh, Tater was over here helping me a bunch because he's helped me through this whole fucking thing, pretty much getting started. I keep throwing crazy shit out there and then I have to spend 20 minutes trying to explain to him what my brain's trying to see happen. <laughs> and like sketching out these shitty drawings but yeah so like we were playing around with cardboard kind of figuring out you know where I wanted to set how I wanted to to be because where I fucked up when I did the Hondas is I did a back support but I leaned it back too far so yeah I was yeah, leaning, yeah I was leaning back into it too much and then your back starts cramping up and it's, it wasn't fun um, so we kind of got it where I'm setting more upright on this one and it's it's supported it's 
it's fucking it's mint right now with no padding obviously padding's gonna put like another two inches it'll lift right. me up and scoop me forward about two inches but we compensated for that i haven't even done anything for pegs or anything yet so we can yeah, still that was kind of a thing when uh when you were sitting on the frame at my shop here that was like a big thing was that you were like this is where i want to be and it wasn't all the way back up against the fender but yeah yeah i had plenty of room to play with and that was that was the big thing with that you know i didn't want to be too far back because that was something we had talked about beforehand was you know it's extended so far there's room to build a good size passenger seat on here still too right and that's what nobody ever does they take their seat all the way to the fender and then they're like oh yeah and then my wife will sit like some fucking where else yeah so <laughs> like there is nowhere else i'm not gonna lie when i built the one for the honda i knew i was never gonna put a person on the back of it i literally shaped that thing to be the so the the depth of the back seat was the width of a case of beer i made it to where i could set a case of beer down in there perfectly it was the width of the sissy bar the perfect the depth was perfect to set down in there in front between the hump and the back like yep. i built it to hold a case of beer to get home with but that's it <laughs> yeah so this one i i built it to actually hold a person on but yes i mean it it does all that and then i showed you earlier i haven't told a whole lot of people but i haven't hit anything on this so i'll fucking put it out there a couple people have already seen it but uh i wanted to do something with all the negative space underneath the rear the passenger seat so i made cut out a little window in the back and made a, a hinged door to where it flips up and I have neg- uh, basically a little storage spot in there. Um, put a tool roll. I measured it out before I did it. It holds my Glock perfectly. Um, oh boy. So like I said, I can fit tools. I can fit, yeah, I can throw just random shit in there that, you know, most people that ride choppers don't have a place to store. You got to hold it somewhere else. It's exposed to the elements, you know, it's, Dude, keeping the tool there is like a super fucking good idea because that is the one thing that everybody takes off their bike for their quick little jaunts and then doesn't have, or like an extra bottle of that, like a gas reserve bottle, any of that shit that like just permanently lives on the bike. And you don't feel like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to put it on right now. It's like, no, it's just built into the seat. You just always have it. Yep. I got a little, little cubby spot to store whatever I need to store. Um, I plan on kind of doing what you were talking about doing where when we do the final assembly after paint, I'm going to go through and pretty much every like wrench or socket or whatever that we use to put the bike back together, I'm going to set to the side. And that way I have, I can build a tool roll. I'll know exactly what sizes I need. I'm going to be a cheap fuck and go to Harbor Freight and just buy shitty Harbor Freight versions of every size that I need of everything because it's dirt <laughs> cheap and you can literally walk. I've walked back into Harbor Freight with like shit broken too. And they're like, just go grab another one. It's okay. They don't care. But yeah, I don't need anything fancy to, you know, for roadside repairs. If it's bad enough that I need something expensive to fix it, it's time to put that bitch on a truck and take it home. That, that, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. A lot of people are like, Oh, I got all this stuff. I got tire spoons. And I'm like, I would love no. to see you on the side of the road with the fucking tire spoons yeah. actually doing it. I don't. Oh, I can, I can tell you those fucking Bates Baja that I bought, I'm not changing those fuckers with a tire tube. 
That's like, what there's I'm no saying. I'm not doing shit on the side of the road with those. Those are. I'll bring the socket to take it off and leave the bike propped up on a log, and I'll take it to a shop somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not changing it with spoons on the side of the road. Fuck that. That's it's just it's one of those things. I feel like sometimes, not saying everybody, and if I'm sure there's people listening to this that are like, I fucking have done it on the side of the road. Cool. Ninety nine percent of people, you're not gonna fucking spoon your tire off on the side of the road. More than likely, more you're gonna do it. Than that. What's that? Yeah, I said more fucking power to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's listening to this that, that has changed a tire on the side of the road with spoons, you can keep that shit because I'm not doing it. Seriously. And if you change a tire on like your dirt bike or your bicycle with spoons and you think like, I'll, I'll handle it when it's my motorcycle. No, you fucking won't. You're not going to be no, able to speed. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. No, it's not happening at all. So a reasonable tool world. Like you said, you have enough stuff to do the basics and whatever you use to put the bike back together. You're like, okay, I have all the things laid out. I, that's It's just such a great spot. And it's not small. Uh, at least it didn't look small when you were showing it to me. It looked like uh, 10 inches deep by like maybe a four by it four. Is... Hang on, I got a tape right here, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I was actually really curious to see how big, because it, it looks substantial. It's like a little mailbox back there. So it's uh, the cubby itself or the seat itself? The depth of that cubby. The depth of the cubby is nine and three quarters inches. That's going straight to the front. That's not following down the crease where it's going to go down the fender as well. That's just shooting straight forward, front to back. It's nine and three quarters, and then it's six inches wide inside. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also, I just want to say I ballparked it at 10 inches from the video and quarter inch off. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fucking close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that is substantial. That's That's a tool roll for sure. And some other goodies all tucking away yeah. back there. Yeah. So, um, I and mean, it's a locking door. So you don't have to worry about somebody stealing shit out of it when you're away from the bike. Yeah. I'm going to do, uh, uh, like a cam lock, like what would be in your gun cabinet or people putting, um, like household cabinets and shit. I'm going to do one of those little like cam style locks in it. That'll be the only key I carry for it would just be the one to get in the back. Everything else would be keyless. Nice. I love it. So this yeah. thing getting mocked up. And I like the idea of the dual. So instead of having the whole king and queen have to lift up, you've got just the, just the, your seat is going to be on a hinge and it's going to butt right up against the backrest of the king and queen portion. I don't see a lot of seats like that. A lot of two part king and queens. Yeah, so I had um, I had talked to um, Tom Deep Six. I was blanking on a name for a second there. I talked to him uh, when I was kind of throwing the idea around and building it. I'd I'd hit him up, and he's got a bike sitting there at his house that's got one of the Scorpion seats on it, um, and it's a two piece, but the back doesn't go into a full king and queen. It's just like a big cushy pee pad basically but it, it was two piece and and we were kind of chatting back and forth and I love Tom man we send videos and shit back and forth on Instagram all the time and like you know what's going on and like these it'll be like eight videos long you know filming something explaining this whole process but 
he was sending me a video and he was like taking measurements of what the seat was for me and like all this stuff. So I kind of looked at that and I was like, all right, cool. I can, I can make my own version of, you know, what they did basically. And what, you know, and make it my own and, and run a full back piece and run a king true king queen off of it, but do a two piece version. Right. And, and it just makes it so much easier to not have to have the whole thing lift up. You know, you just yeah, and that's little section. That's my whole plan with the front was, like I said, I got I showed you before we get cameras that little uh, electronics box, so to speak, that I made it. It fits right in the frame like perfectly. It's actually pretty fucking snug. I had to take a a mallet and like tap it down into place. It was a little bit tight, but that'll it'll hold the the crucial pieces you know the fuses and the ecu and whatever that i need to tuck under there and oh, i'll be able to easily yeah. access that stuff that that venerable ecu <laughs> that, yeah, goes, right. that goes for insane money on ebay as we would later find out yeah like 350 dollars on ebay for a factory ecu yeah dude what a fucking wild price that is for just like a tiny little box like that but uh, that, and, it, and it's like, but it's sizable. It's like four inches by four inches by one inch. So it's not like you could stick it anywhere. So that's, that box is going to be perfect. Like hug it. That box is getting hugged right up under the seat, right? Yep. It's going directly under the seat. Uh, it sits right in the frame. I made it the exact shape of the frame where you split it from one to two. And yep. then where I put my cross support in for the seat, I made it the perfect size for that. Like I said, it's, it's tight enough that I had to take a hammer and kind of tap it down in there because it was it was real snug on the edges. Um, but yeah, I made it an inch and a half deep because the ECU is an inch. So that gives me a little bit of, of room in there. Um, I'll probably put some some kind of like thin like eighth or quarter inch padding in there just just to have something so stuff's not beating around, banging around in there the whole time I'm riding. Right, right. But, Those Yamahas do not love a sloppy piston or a sloppy electronics container. Yeah, yeah, it's not a Harley. So. <laughs> yeah, you got these yeah, precision instruments here. Yeah, I plan on trying to stick the the ECUs going in there. Um, the obviously the fuse holder, and then the little like voltage regulator to like regulate a rectifier or whatever. Yeah, um, normally mounts on the front of the bike. I don't want that shit on the front of the bike. I'm trying to hide everything that I can. So I'm going to actually mount it to the bottom side. So it still gets airflow through the fins to keep cool. Yep. But it'll kind of be tucked up and hidden. That's cool. I I have to run the external oil bag basically. So I'm going to run a pill style and and bring it off the backside of the electronics box near the fender. It'll be a, an oil bag hanging back there. Nice. Nice. But, and you got you still got plenty of room down there, if I remember correctly, too. Because uh, yeah, there's a ton of negative space in there still. The only other thing I have to squeeze in that negative space is a battery, and I still haven't. I've been back and forth if I want to go anti gravity and do the little small compact battery, if I want to run a old school, you know, buy the battery and pour your acid in it. Then. Oh my God, do not do that. <laughs> That one gets me. Just get a AG a normal AGM battery from like battery stuff. Might be one of those too. I was looking at the anti gravities, but they're to get one that's rated for a sixteen hundred cc engine. 
is fucking ridiculous. They're like almost four hundred dollars. They're like, yeah. People don't realize when people look at this bike and they mistake it for a V Star because they don't know the Yamaha catalog, they think, oh yeah, normal battery. It's like no, that motor is fucking big. You cannot. I think I think that the stock one was like three fifty cold cranking amps. It's three. I looked up the stock ones. And yeah, it's somewhere right in there. It's like 350 or 360 cold crank. It was something yeah. ridiculous. I looked at it, I was like, holy shit. Like my fucking Jeep outside has an inline six in it. And it's only got like a 500 <laughs> cold crank in it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a fucking burly boy for sure. But you got so much space down there that like it's, you, you wouldn't even need the, to spend that much on an anti-gravity if you got all the room in the world. Yeah, there's... Fuck, 100, man, bucks. That's a 100 bucks on batterystuff.com um, for the battery that, that the same battery that I had in there before. Text me that shit because I'm going to forget by the time we get done recording. I will. Yeah, that, that yeah, I mean, there's enough room. I could probably fit six batteries in there. I could just keep <laughs> running them in parallel. The thing will never die. Seriously. It, uh, it definitely. I don't know. I'm like, I'm so torn on the anti-gravity thing because I, I also found out that not only are the batteries expensive, but you, you need that separate charger for it. And so that I actually of- have a fancy charger that does traditional does AGM and it does anti-gravities. So I do have a fancy battery charger that'll do all of those, but I still don't know if it's worth spending like $300 on a fucking battery. Oh yeah. I just, I can't do it. I had to buy battery for the Roadstar or well, I did buy batteries for that back in the day, but I had to buy one for the Harley. And I think with a buddy of mine's discount, I paid 90 bucks and I was very annoyed by how much it cost. <laughs> I was like, holy yeah. shit. Cause when I, the last time I bought a battery for the Roadstar, which is the same size battery I bought for the Harley batteries were 50 bucks. Yep. For the, for the glass mat one, not the fucking dirty martini one that you swish around the acid in. I'm talking like the AGM batteries were 50 bucks for a 350 cold cranking amp. This was back in like 2015, 2016 timeframe. I don't know what happened between then and now, but they are like double the price. Yeah, when I bought the, so I had a dirty martini battery, as you call them in the Honda. <laughs> I encourage you also to call them that to everyone you know, so that it catches yeah. up. Yeah, dirty martini batteries. I like it. But yeah, I had one in the Honda and I think I paid like fucking 35 bucks or something for it. That's appropriate. Yeah, it wasn't shit. But I mean, I honestly, I couldn't complain with it because I ran that thing and never had a lick of trouble out of it. You'd be I I haven't cheated like, or I haven't cheated anything yet on this so i feel like i can't cheap a battery either so i gotta at least get the agms yeah i think they're they're pretty solid as far as all that goes and the one that was on there last time lasted for ever i think i had it in there for five years um yeah up until like 100 bucks or 120 bucks or whatever for five years of a battery you can't beat that yeah, the, the the deal definitely works out over time. So what are you planning as far as uh, seat color? 
Uh, so it's going to be black. I'm doing a black uh, fake leather, basically. I'm doing a vinyl. Marine it looks like a... Yeah, so I'll have to text you a picture of it. I, I have it all picked out already. It's a distressed look, so it looks like it's kind of tattered and been around for a minute. It's got the, the little creases and the... the uh, like the grayish color in the, the, the like cracks or whatever Crackle. through it where it looks yeah, like it's yeah. been stressed. Yep. So yeah, that's, I think that's what I'm going to run. Um, I was looking at it. I like it. I think it'll kind of flow with kind of the theme, so to speak, that I got going on with what I'm going to do. Cause I'm, uh, I've got sissy bar toppers because the way the sissy bar comes up and it's got just the two square, which I guess, I need to say that we built uh tater come over and help me. I ordered five eighths square stock through his work. Got it at the, their discount, basically. There you go. And um, you have to these days with the prices of steel. Yeah. With yeah. So we got a 12 foot stick through his shop for hell, a little bit of nothing. Actually, I think I paid like 20, I think it was like $21 for. Oh my God. Stick. I can't even go to tractor supply and get a four foot piece for that price. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was like it was like twenty-one and some change, I think's what it was. Um he ordered it through his company for me. And he come over and helped me. We took my little welding table that I built and uh took some old nine sixteenths round stock that I had and welded us up some you know tabs basically to to shape this thing out. We built a built the sissy bar, did that crazy little like slant through the top. Um the top of the seat matches that like 45 degree angle basically that's or going across uh it's gonna wrap to match that for the top of the the king and queen but it's i've had a bunch of people that are like that shit looks like a guillotine and i'm like actually it kind of does but oh yeah now that you mentioned it yeah a little bit yeah it kind of looks like the guillotine up there but yeah so i've looked at uh i was looking at toppers um to run on that on the top of the sissy bar and I found some shit. Um, I'm probably going to fuck the name up, but basically the saints logo, that little, like the whatever they, they call it like a, a floor de lease or something is how they say it in French. I don't know. I didn't take French. Yeah. But, no, got it. yeah so, so I'm going to put one of those on one side. Um, I like the old, like Gothic new Orleans, type shit so i'm gonna put one of those on one side and then i found a steel hood ornament and it's these three little gargoyles like stacked on top of each other so i'm gonna run that on the other side nice. um, i'm gonna have like three little gargoyles staring at people and then the little florida lease or whatever um on the top of the sissy bar for that kind of gothic theme going on but i figured the distressed leather kind of ties in with that old school I mean, the whole bike's going to have that old school 70s vibe anyway. That's what I like. That's what I've, I've, since I was a little kid, man, like I've always said, I was like probably nine or 10. I kept telling people like one day I'm going to build a rigid frame Springer bike. Like, and everybody's like, oh, that's going to hurt your back. You shouldn't do that. Like I'm talking to my granddad and all these people that throw paint yeah. heads and shit back in the day. And they're like, oh, you don't want to do that. You're going to regret it down the road. And I had one that did this and you know but i'm like dude that's that's the fucking the style y'all grew up with is the shit that i like still so that's 
that's kind of the, the route I want to go. So I want to do that distressed leather, do those crazy little toppers up there. Um, I don't know. It's there's so much shit that's happened since the last time we talked. I don't even know what all to talk about. Yeah, man, it's definitely a super unique layout. I love the way that that it all flows. That backrest is going to be super fucking comfortable too, because it's wicked high um, for you and yeah. for the passenger. Yeah. So the one for me came up to probably inch and a half, two inches shy of where my shoulder blades like end at the bottom. So it came up, you know, halfway up my back at least. Yeah. That's so awesome. it's, yeah, it's gonna be. If I get the right bars on the front end, it's going to be perfect. I'll be. What do you think of the bars? I have no fucking clue yet. So I've I've thought about, um, kind of thought about the T bar style. You know, you see the little narrow T's that people run on the the choppers, and I've, I thought about doing rabbits. Um, I'm honestly I'm waiting to get the the front end in. Once I get the Springer in which it's ordered by the way. Um, I know last time I said I was going to get a Springer through shovel pan 69 through Dustin in Ohio. Yep. But it's been ordered. Uh, I ordered it uh, like two weeks ago or so. He's working on getting everything made up. Cause he's, I actually mailed him. I got on eBay. So I, all right, look, before we go down this rabbit hole. So I took the stock, um, the stock triple off of the bike. Okay. As soon as I got in here, I pulled the stock triple off. I posted some shit up for sale, some of the extra parts that I didn't need, the front wheel and the triple and, you know, the, the fork tubes and some of that shit that I wouldn't need. A dude from Roadstar Clinic hit me up and he was like, hey, you're in Virginia. What part? And I was like, I'm in Stanton. And he was like, okay. He said, I'm in Jollyview. And I was like, that's literally fucking 10 minutes down the road. So shit. Yeah. So this dude named Carrie hit me up and I was like, dude, here's my fucking number. Like whatever. So, Cause he wanted, he has a, one of the raked triples on his. And he was like, I want to go back to a stock one, whatever. Oh, I, was thank like, God God. Got I was about to make fun of the raked one. So I'm glad he's going back. Still there. Did I lose you? Uh Oh, can you hear me? Yep. So he didn't want the stock rake no more, uh, or he wanted stock rake. He didn't want the rake front end. He bought his bike with the rake front end. He didn't like it. Um, he happened to be ten minutes up the road from me. So that's so crazy. Yeah, I sent him my number and I was like, hey, man, holler at me. Like, I'll ride with you next, you know, when spring and summer comes around, we'll be together, we'll ride, whatever. He's a cool dude. I went and said, I met him and shit, we sat there and shot the shit for a little bit. But so, long story short, I sold that to him, the stock triple. Um, so, when it came to getting the Springer made, I was talking to uh, Dustin, I was talking to him about getting it made, was asking him all these questions. Um, I got on eBay and found the lower triple with the steering stem attached and the mounting hardware. 
which when I sold mine to Carrie, I gave him all the mountain hardware and shit with it. So I sent it all out. So I found one on eBay. It was like 55 bucks or something. So yeah. I ordered that and had it shipped directly to Ohio. Oh, okay. Good was, call. Yeah. So I was like, look, I said, I'm going to send this straight to you. You can keep it. I said, the only thing I want is the mounting hardware that, that came on it. If you'll throw that in the box with my Springer so I can put my front end on, that's all I want. You can keep it. That way you can start making Springers for the Roadstar. You'll be able, because he makes custom steering stems for every one of his Springers that he builds. Oh, he'll, okay. he'll build you a steering stem to match, and then he take welds it all in. So I sent it to him, and I was like, you know, just do put that shit on your shelf. This will expand what you're doing. You'll be able to make, you know, stringers for metric bikes now and, you know, at least the road star stuff. Um, so I sent all that up. He's working on getting all that sorted out with trying to make, uh, make that weird ass stem that comes in these things where it tapers from like 30 degree or 30 millimeters at the bottom. And by the top, it's tapered down to like 25 and there's. Oh, it's so weird, huh? Yeah, there's like extra threads and all this weird shit going on. Um, but I How wanted long to go to there. get that fucking. Uh, I forget what they even call that piece, but that uh, it's got all the little tabs on it, and it, the little like the like lock nut or whatever they yeah, call them. Yeah, the lock. Uh, it didn't take a shit. We we took a screwdriver and a hammer and smacked that motherfucker loose one time and brought them off from there. But that apparently, they make the weirdest part about taking the front end on and off so they make a specialized socket for those um that sets right down in there and you just crank them off but um, oh okay so, should have bought that, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> so, yeah yeah we, we just knocked it off with either a screwdriver or a punch i don't even remember what the fuck we used but i was just using punch punch on it. yeah just yeah and just tapped them until they loosened up and then it was two of if, if I remember, yeah, there's two of them. There's you run the the bottom one down to it's tight, and then you run the top one to lock it in, and it's got that little, um, like the thing, washer with like the little middle of a pizza. You know how they put that little table? Yes, the little white piece that like stands yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. looked like that every time I put that thing on. I was like, oh, the look forgot to put the pizza cap on here. <laughs> That's it. So the we uh, yeah. So we took all that shit off. Um, so you don't have so to he's do that call. No, I still will because he's going to – so he's building the factory stem, and I wanted to do the factory stem so I could run factory bearings. I didn't have to make some, like, weird adapter to go from a Harley stem to the Yamaha neck and, like, all this. I didn't feel like dealing with all that, so it was easier just when I talked to him, and he was like, yeah, I'll make you a stem that matches your bike. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is perfect. So it'll all mount with the factory hardware. It'll mount just like – the normal triple bit but it'll be a springer yeah so it's going to be a springer instead so i was like this is this it couldn't get any better like that's perfect for exactly what i wanted to do so i'll still end up having to use those yeah so it makes your bearing super easy to find i ordered a set already i have them laying here in my toolbox ready for as soon as the springer comes in so i can go ahead and slap it on because i'm like fucking itching man i'm itching to to get the springer here throw it on the front end and see this thing as a roller because you know I'll, i have the front tire i have a 21 inch spoolie from lowbrow that i ordered so like i have everything ready to roll i talked to dustin he's actually going to make i sent him the 
the hub width of the spoolie. He's going to make my axle and my spacers for his Springer. So it'll all come straight from him ready to go with an axle and spacers and all in it. Oh, that's amazing. So you just bolt it yeah. up. Yeah. It'll, it, as soon as it gets here, I can literally throw the back tire in, throw the front one in and find out if the factory kickstand's going to work or if I need to cut it off and move it. I feel like it, well. It's going to lean hard. How far over is the uh, the front end? Five. Oh, no. Factory kickstand's going to work for that. That bike was so low before. Yeah, but I put that I put that big tire in the back and the front. It's got 27-inch tires front and rear. That where it used to be low, it now has five inches of ground clearance at the rear of the frame and over nine inches at the front. Jesus. Oh, so I'm glad I made it as low as I made it then. Yeah, it's uh let me let me look because it's uh so with the bike standing straight up where it's at right now, I'm gonna put a tape on the uh kickstand and see where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> so putting the kickstand out, I have the bike propped up on wood with exactly where it's going to set with the stance and the kickstand six inches off the ground. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it might have to get moved or I might have to get an extended one or do something, but it's, yeah. The definition of gangster lean is going to be tested as soon as we get the front end. Yeah. It's I mean, the only thing I will say is that that kickstand is not like the Harley ones that like slides further. It just makes contact and it and that's it. And it also has a fucking like a three or probably a four inch foot. It's a long foot. It's probably four, four and a half. It's huge. Yeah. It's really easy to grab with your foot when you're swinging it forward though. I love, I, that was actually one of my, I love that kickstand. Now that I have the Harley, I'm like, it's fucking kickstand. It's so hard to get sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, as soon as I get the front end, I'm going to, get tater over here and gently lean it over and see if it's going to hold itself or not. And we'll figure it out. If, if I have to extend it a little bit, I will, but I'm kind of hoping we can get away with it where it's at. Cause I like the gangster lean. Yeah. And if lean you, that over. In this case scenario, uh, I remember taking uh fish tank whiskey's kickstand and just using the oxy torch to heat it up and bend it down. That's a good idea. Bend it down so you get a little bit, a little bit closer. Yeah, just just to give it the, the the proper angle to hit the ground just that tiny bit sooner. If you could put, you know, if you got six inches and you are able to angle it down two inches, maybe that's what you, that's all you need. You know. Yeah, that might. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that in the back of my head when we start doing this because that might be probably have, uh, probably have to bend the foot out more. too. If you bend the kickstand yeah. down, the foot it would have to come up, I think. Yeah, bend it down and bend the foot up a little bit to make a touch. But yeah, I'm, we'll hang on to that idea because it uh, that might be the move. Or you get the double kickstand. You do a weldine kickstand in the back just as a secondary support <laughs> for the gangster. It's in the fucking moped, man. We can't have feet on both sides. Yeah, you know, hey, listen, you just got to protect the investment. That's awesome. So the which part is it here? The tank. You got the fat man tank on there, I see. Yeah, so 
I ordered the same tank you originally had, that 3.3-gallon Mustang tank from TC Bros. Yep. So I ordered the same tank because the one you had, you did that whole flask cutout in, um, yep. which that's the one we had signed at Deadbeat. If anyone didn't listen to the last episode, we passed it around Deadbeat and everyone signed it. It's chilling yep. in my garage here. But so I ordered that same tank because I liked it. But I hit up Fat Man and I was like, hey, you know, I want to get the beard holder put in where because they have a, a fake fill neck on it. Basically, the right one's your actual fill neck. The left one was just a fake one for looks. And I'm not about that life. So <laughs> I'm about the cold PBR in my gas tank life. So, yeah, so I hit up Fat Man and I was like, hey, you know, can you do your work, work your magic and, and throw me a, a beer can holder in there. He was like, absolutely. So kind of the same deal. I ordered straight from TC bros, had it shipped straight to fat man. Uh, he threw the beer can holder in it. And then also went through where the mass production welds in a couple spots were kind of shitty. He went yeah. through and touched up welds in a couple spots for me, uh, threw a little shot of primer on those and kind of cleaned it up a little bit for me. Uh, so appreciate the fuck out of that fat man. But Hell yeah, I yeah. just, just got that in, uh, either late last week or early this week. I think it was early this week. It just came in. I threw it up there, threw a little painter's tape on it and kind of looked at where it was setting. Um, I had to cut the, so where the factory cool set underneath the gas tank. Yep. Those two little brackets. I had to cut those off to get the tank to set down and the top motor mount where the the motor mount comes out to the frame at the top i'm actually going to have to i will never be able to adjust the top motor mount bolt with the tank on the bike it actually you have to run it all the way in and the tank sets over top of the the head of the bolt itself so yeah yeah, but I mean, I I thought about it and I was like when am i really going to try to pull the engine with a gas tank on the bike. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably never. Exactly. So I figured, fuck it. I, I ran the bolt head in and I was like, all right, gas tank clears. Cool. So I've got to get on um, Low Brow, TC Bros, somebody, um, Dirty Builds, anybody, and get some top hat bones so I can get that thing mounted up where I need it at the frame. Um, which fucking mentioning dirty bills, shout out to those motherfuckers because I don't know if you seen it earlier when I was showing you the cubby in the back of the seat, but I did. They did one of their CNC cutouts for me. Yeah, man. Uh, did my Navy Sprocket logo. Yeah. So I tacked that up in the back of the sissy bar. Um, there's some more shit coming with that. I'm probably gonna backlight it so it glows, but. Yeah, so I've got a big ass like six inch Davy Sprocket logo welded up in the back. Um, oh, is that a Hibnik Jerk light? Yes, sir. Dude, that I, is uh, a commodity out here in the states, hard to get. Yeah, so I hit up Cam, um, which last week I did the kick in the deck, and then it turned out it got delivered like right after I typed the kick in the deck, but still fucked the UP- USPS. <laughs> But, yeah, so I ordered that from Cam. Uh, it's his – the one he calls BMF, the bad motherfucker light that's got, like, the little uh, staggered steps all the way up to the top. Yep. But, 
Yeah, so I ordered that. It came in, uh, made a little tab to come off the sissy bar to mount it up. And it's fucking beautiful. Uh, I seen yours and I was like, I fuck it, I got to run one at this point. Like, Dude, it's a know. must. If I, if yeah, I they're, they're beautiful. I have to wait. They're on. bright. Go ahead. They're pretty lights. They're bright. I needed a taillight anyway. So I may as well, you know put forth a little bit of money and buy something that's quality, support someone who's, you know, doing some cool shit that's, you know, supporting the dumb shit that we do. Absolutely, man. It looks great up there too. And they, like you said, they shine like a fucking beacon. It's like a lighthouse in a storm. Yeah. I mean, when we were coming back from deadbeat and I seen yours blowing through the rain and all the other shit, I was like, yep, I'm going to need to put one of those on the bike. So it just kind of had to happen. Can you see my taillight from 400 yards ahead of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but once you turn over, yeah. Once you set your own pace and we weren't doing 25 over the speed limit, I could see it just fine. Oh man, when I got in the front, I was like, "We're about to drop this speed a yeah. lot." My boots. Every you get that fucking situation where you slosh. All that water sloshes to the front of your boot as you slow down. Yes. By the way, those boots, those thorough goods got totaled. That was the end of those thorough good boots. Just Dude, as- I heard you say something about that on one of the episodes, and I'm just going to put it out there that I have got Carolinas that wet, and they didn't fucking get totaled. So yeah, listen, no, you don't have to convince <laughs> me now. I'm I'm off the thorough good uh, the thorough good team, and I'm onto the Red Wing team. I got a pair of eight seven sevens that are uh, the the mock toes, and they got leather insoles, so nothing's fucking there's nothing to fall out because it's fucking stitched in there. Next time, you need to just. I'll, I'll mail you a set up there. Just need to go get you a set of Carolinas. I got mine on right now. You and the I Carolinas, man. I, the Carolina yeah, is they, one that we don't even have a, a, a I know. Carolina is like, a, I'm going to say probably Maryland and below. Once you hit like PA and shit, it's like yep. Red Wings and Chippewas. But yeah, I've got the Carolina, the, the one with the low heel instead of the big ass logger heel. I got the low heel one with a Atta composite boy. toe and I've been beating these fuckers up for a couple of years now and they're holding up tough. Yeah. I'm with you on the low heel. I like the, uh, the Vibram sole. They don't last as long, the Vibrams, but they're, they're super fucking comfortable. I just can't do, I can't do hardly any boots that have the heel. Cause, uh, it's just, it gets in the way of the fucking TIG pedal. It gets caught on like, uh, as I'm trying to put my foot on the pedal, I, I was always catching my heeled boots on it, pushing it around and losing where I was. But yeah, yeah well, while we're talking about boots, I know you and Loctite had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, but for hunting, he's not fucking lying to you. You need to get yourself a set of rubber boots. I have the lacrosse or lacrosse or however the fuck they pronounce that shit. Yeah. I've got a set of those in the rubber boots with like, uh, I think it's a thousand grain insulation. Yep. That's it's the fucking move. Like you, the rubber boots are where it's at for hunting. You got to get them. Once you wear a set, you'll never turn back. I just don't know what the, if I already have waterproof boots that aren't those, I don't see the need for the, uh, the, the bigger size. You know what I mean? Cause like I could stand in, I could walk through a, a Creek with the bean boots on, but they're small. 
and I'm doing like still hunting. I'm not going up in like a tree stand. So it's the smaller, yeah, the better for me. Yeah, but like, so where I'm hunting at uh, is. Oh, congrats, by the way. Uh, yeah. Navy got a deer. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned this on last week's show. But Two weeks ago? Tell the story. Let's make this the Low Life Hunting Podcast for a second. The Low Life Hunting Podcast. So I put on my rubber boots. Oh, that's the, that's the ticket. Wrong. <laughs> All right, I'll get the boots. So I was creeping through the woods. We hunt a farm uh, like probably 20 minutes north of where I'm at. Um, we hunt a farm that my my uncle used to work for this guy. Um, long story short, they got in a work accident. Dude passed away. Uh, from the accident, they fell off scaffolding like 60-something feet. Uh, he was an older guy. didn't make it, but his family's cool. They know us, whatever. We've been hunting this farm for years. Fucking, and we, I went, we have a bunch of stands set up, but all year long so far for both season, I've been kind of doing the still hunting. I've just crept my way around, found me a spot, sat down on my little pad and kind of hung out. So yeah, I'm not going to get in a stand until I'll probably get in a stand this weekend because muzzleloader opens up for us this weekend. So I'll probably go get in a stand this weekend. But yeah, so I, I went down to what we call the center woods. Um, there's like a little patch. There's fields on each side and a little patch of woods in the middle. So I went down in there. And <laughs> funny story, it's like 5 a.m. Uh, remember the headlamp I had at fucking Deadbeat where I was walking around with the green light, not sh- like trying not to blind people? Yeah, yep. So I had that. I just had the green light on. I'm creeping down through the woods. It's like 5 a.m. And I almost stepped on a fucking skunk. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like I was getting ready to put my foot down and I heard rustle and I just froze with like my foot in the air. And I glanced down and there's this big fat ass skunk like right underneath my foot. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so I just froze for a minute and he kind of waddled off a little bit. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go over here a little bit. So I, I kind of ventured off. Uh, probably another 20 or 30 yards in the direction that fucking skunk wasn't in and found me a tree, you know, set my pad up, kind of cleared me out a little spot, sat down, got my pack down and got comfy and just shy of, it was probably seven 30 ish. I had two does, uh, come in from, so the way I was setting, they walked in from about the 11 o'clock position. Okay. And they kind of were sneaking up on me. They were within 30 yards when I finally could see them because everything's grown up in this where we're at. They used to have cattle in this property, but they've pulled them. So all the grass, like you don't realize how much cattle maintain like the grass and the, the high hay and stuff until the cattle are yanked and you're hunting the same property you've been hunting for the last like six years. Right. So, all I could see was like basically neck and head is all I could see coming up at me. So I sat there and I kind of watched her for a minute. There was two does that come walking in. One was a little bit bigger than the other one. And they come in at 11 o'clock. They got behind some brush. So I kind of repositioned to face them and they kept moving around and I propped up uh, my crossbow and was watching her. She was about 10 o'clock. I was propped up, had her in the scope, was watching her, but I couldn't get a shot without shooting through the brush because I still couldn't see anything from the shoulders down. 
So I waited and kept watching her, kept watching her. Um, she moved around again back towards more like the probably seven o'clock-ish position, kept moving back. And I kept, every time she'd get behind brush, I'd adjust a little bit to her and just slowly kind of work my way around. And yeah, then, because you're talking, that's like almost a full rotation yeah. there. Yeah, so like it's almost 180 degrees moving with her. She uh, she kept kind of moving. It was up the hill from me where I was, and I, every time she'd get behind, you know, trees or brush, I'd kind of reposition a little bit to follow her. And they smelt me the entire time. Like I, the wind was blowing straight towards them the entire time they smelt me because their ears are flickering, they're sniffing, they're stomping. I was like, they're going to fucking run off. There's no way I'm going to kill either one of these. I don't have a clear shot. They smell me. They're going to haul ass. But I kept, I just kind of stayed in there, kept watching and kept slowly moving towards her. Um, and she set up, honestly, in a shot, I probably shouldn't have fucking took. I shot through a V of a tree. Um, <laughs> but I had, I had a shot right on the front shoulder you know, and I took it and she turned right as I shot her. So I ended up shooting her dead through the front, through like the breastplate. Oh, really? Yeah. So she turned towards me right as I shot her. And I ended up going just on the inside of her front right shoulder and went like through the breastplate basically. Um, but I went in there and it came out on the, her back left side and I, I shoot rage broadheads, the two inch mechanical ones that open up when they make impact. And I sent you the picture. That thing put a entrance hole that I could probably set a beer can through. I mean, it put one hell of a hole through this deer, but she took off. Um, I hit her. I jumped up immediately because she started running down through the woods. So I jumped up and I was watching where she was running through and, um, she ran down at the probably like the 10 o'clock is position from where I was originally setting. She mm-hmm. was heading that direction, kind of towards the back of our property. So I was watching her run down through the woods and I got my phone out and I texted my stepdad and I was like, Hey, I just stuck a doe. Um, was packing my bag up, getting all my shit together. I recocked the crossbow, put another arrow in it. And put my pack on and started walking um, kind of up towards where I shot her looking for a blood trail. He caught my stepdad calls me. Um, I was chatting with him on the phone for a minute. Like, you know, I stuck her. I know I hit her. This is where she's heading towards whatever. And he was like, all right. He's like, I'll come down and meet you and help you find her. Um, and then my granddad who also hunts the property texts me, which is, it's my stepdad's father, but he texted me and he was like, um, did you shoot one? And I said, yeah, so I just shot a doe. He said, well, I said, there was two of them down here. I shot one. He said, well, I've got one, the direction they were heading. He said, I see one standing in the field looking back toward your direction. And I was like, that's a good sign. It's a good sign. That one's looking back for his buddy going, what the fuck? Where'd you go? So right. she's down somewhere. So I met up with my stepdad. I went up and hung my pack on a tree right where I shot her at. So I could find it again. So I hiked out of the woods into the field. Um, it's really not that far. It's probably a hundred yards or so. I walked out, hit the field, flagged him down. He come riding down on four wheeler. Um, 
met me. We walked in. I showed him where I shot her. We started looking around. Couldn't find a trace of blood. And I was like, fuck, I done missed. <laughs> like, I missed her. Something's gone wrong. You know, we couldn't find the first stitch of fucking blood. So we kept looking and looking and looking. And finally, I was like, look, I said, this is where she ran. Let's just start walking this direction. So we started walking. We were following, which one of the benefits of the tall ass grass is you can see where they were running through. Right. Because um, the grass is all disturbed. So we started following this disturbed path to grass and we got down to where there's like a little creek crossing before you get out to the field that my granddad was watching. So we got down there and I started, we were looking around, we still couldn't find nothing. There's like a, a clearing where the power lines come through, couldn't find a trace of the fucking blood. At this point, we're 70 yards away from where I shot her. And I'm like, you know, something's fucking wrong. We can't find no blood, nothing. So I just happened to go on the other side of that power line crossing because I seen where grass was disturbed. So I stepped over there. She was laying on the ground right there. And I hollered at him. I was like, hey, I got her. Come here. So he walked over and we found where that creek crossing is. Um, it's probably four foot wide and four foot deep. It's pretty good, like cut out through the hillside where water's been running for many years. And I guess she got down there and realized she could was too fucked up to jump the creek. Oh, you could okay. see there was no stitch of blood until we got down to where she was at. And then it looked like something out of a fucking horror movie. Like, where she, it looked like she ran two or three circles right there trying to debate if she could jump the creek or not. And it was just fucking blood sprayed. There was probably a 10 foot radius, just blood fucking everywhere. So I flipped her over, looked at, I, that's when I seen, you know, the hole through the front and I was like, oh shit. And flipped her over, seen where it came out. I was like, all right. But yeah, so we, uh, picture, I didn't see anything on the, the, she was laying on her left side. And I didn't see yeah. the entrance. And I was like, where'd you shoot this thing? Yeah, yeah, it went straight through the fucking front. It went right on the inside of her right front shoulder and then came out just behind the right shoulder or just behind the left shoulder on the other side. Yeah, because that's when I walked up and I was like, I had, you know, the, the crossbows cocked and I'm like pointing it at her waiting for her to jump up because I didn't see a hole in her either. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I yeah. was like, is this my deer is this an, a deer that somebody else shot it ran onto our property i was like what the fuck so i'm staring at her and i walked over and i just kicked her and she didn't move and i was like all right so is this mine or is this someone else's so i kind of reached down and I, I felt her and she was still you know super hot she was warm and i was like all right this is my deer you know this one hadn't been laying here for long this is definitely mine so i got her and drug her man we're lazy for real uh hunting on the farm i drug her maybe 60 yards and then we threw her up in the back of a truck uh drove her down we got a specific tree on the property that we got everything at took her down there gutted her uh stopped at 7-eleven on the way out got a bag of ice stuffed it up in her chest keep her cold because it was kind of warm that day uh rode back to my parents house we hung her up in the tree cut her all up processed her and she sat behind me in the deep freeze that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Good start to the season. So what, how does it work down there? Is it, uh, as far as tags, you have more tags so, yet? So in Virginia, you get five tags total. Um, we are considered west of the Blue Ridge Mountains or on the West Virginia side. We're west of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, 
So over here, I shot her on a Sunday. Over here, you can hunt. Um, you get five tags. Three can be does. One of them can be a. So two of them are bucks. One of your bucks has to be four points or greater on one side. So it's, it's got to be basically an eight pointer or bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, or one that's, you know, fucked up and only has half a rack. But you have to have four points or greater on one side for that one. So where we're at west of the Blue Ridge, the any sex hunting is literally every single day of hunting season. So I can shoot the first fucking thing that walks out in front of me the entire hunting season, as long as I'm on private property, which where we hunt's private. So, so basically, um, you can purchase more tags. I've yet to ever purchase more tags. You know, it's a lot even, of tags. Yeah, I mean, you get five off the jump. Um, my plan is to put three in my freezer, so I can shoot three does and be done for the year. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I think it's similar up here. We could get, we get an, I get an archery one. I get a firearm one, uh, but you could use, you could shoot your firearm one with an archery one or or, excuse me, with a bow. Uh, You don't have to shoot it. Uh, So down here, they don't even break it down by like seasons. They just, you get five deer tag. Oh, you shoot it anytime through the season. There's no, like, you have to shoot one during archery or one during rifle or, like, archery counts as rifle. There's none of that shit. So do we have early archery. Do what? Do they all just run concurrently? Uh, so, no. So we have – so early archery opens up um, – early archery opened up in October. Early archery runs for, like, three weeks, I think it was. Yep. It's three or four weeks early archery runs, and then you get into early muzzleloader. Early muzzleloader runs for like two weeks, and then you kick into rifle. Early muzzleloader runs for three weeks, and then you kick into rifle season. Rifle season runs for just two weeks flat, and then you kick back into late muzzleloader for like another three weeks, and then you kick into late archery. So our season starts in October and doesn't end until like January. Yeah, so you guys go out there far. We start early. We start – so I only do archery, um, so it doesn't – the other seasons aren't, like, super on my radar. But as far as archery is concerned, it's September 15th to December 15th, and it's any deer the whole time. Okay. Yeah, they – so, like, the Virginia map – I'll have to send it to you so you can look at it. It's crazy. But they have us broken down into, like, colors, basically. Um, there's different colors for like each area. They have us broke down into zones um, for where you're at in Virginia and based off what zone you're in basis, like if you can kill either sex during, you know, what time of the year and when your early archery opens and when your muzzleloader opens and when your rifle sees like they, they base it kind of off of where you're at within the state and break it up. But Gotcha. It's, it's strange, but when you've lived here and you've done it for a little bit, it all makes sense. Yeah. One of those things. I'm sure you, you get familiar with it if you've been doing it a while. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're kind of used to it. Like this Saturday kicks off our early muzzleloader. So um, yeah, I'm going to go out with the muzzleloader and see what first thing that walks in front of me is getting shot again. 
There you go. That's awesome, uh, man. Well, I hope you I hope you fill them all. I'm gonna try to fill, like I said, at least three. Anything I kill after that, it's just icing on the cake, I guess. Yeah, you gotta have a big freezer too, huh? Uh, yeah. I don't even know what size that thing is, but it's not super super big. But I put that. So we when we cut that deer up, we it was I threw it on the scale and it was 42 pounds of meat. So that was with the bones in and everything still. And once we trimmed it all off the bones and whatever, I don't know what it weighed, but it barely touched the bottom of the freezer. So I can probably get three deer. I could probably get all five of them in there and still have room, honestly. Yeah, right. If that's the case, it seems like you definitely got some room in there. I'm going to have to buy me a freezer. Oh, dude, they're, I mean, they're not that much. Like Home Depot, Lowe's, anybody, you can go get a little five quart for, or three and a half, five quart, whatever they are for like 120 bucks. Yeah. They're really not bad. It would definitely be handy. Cause I know I drive my, I would drive my wife nuts putting all this meat in the freezer while she's trying to fit like chicken nuggets for the kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just take it. That's it. Yeah, man. That's what the inside freezer is. It's for chicken nuggets. The outside freezer is for deer meat. That's right. I got to, I don't have the outside. I actually, I had one Her my uh, mother-in-law gave us one but it sat in the garage for too long and I didn't plug it in or take care of it over the last winter. And so we had to throw it out, but we'll get another one. But yeah. we didn't talk at all, not to change topics too quickly, but we didn't talk about at all about these pipes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I ordered, I got on eBay, found a company in Canada that was selling chromed, um, basically OEM headers. Uh, they were like 95 bucks. So I ordered a set of those. Bolted for them the up. Star? Yeah, for the Roadstar. Bolted them up and I fucking hated them. <laughs> they, they stuck like, I'm not even kidding. They, the inside of the pipe was probably eight or nine inches off of the frame. Ooh. Fucking yeah, dude, they were fucking terrible. So yeah, so I was looking at them, I was like, this this isn't gonna fucking work. There's no way in hell. I was like, no fucking way. So I hit you up actually. I was sitting here, I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do. I ordered um I knew I wanted to run up sweeps. So I ordered 45s and some straight pipe and shit from Lowbrow. And was talking to you about you know what i should do should i pie cut them whatever and you're like hell yeah pie cut them you know move them in whatever so i just eyeballed some fucking pie cuts and i did the rear cylinder first i just eyeballed pie cuts it pulled it in right where i wanted it it was perfect tacked it up threw the 45 on threw an 18 inch straight piece up and now they're giant up sweep sticking like way past the sissy bar which is I fucking love it. Yeah, I love the <laughs> angles. I love that you kept them tight to the frame too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When they when they start like going more than honestly more than three inches off the side of the frame, I feel like it's too far. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. Which I understand why they did it. They were compensating because they wanted you to slide on the big ass factory mufflers, which stick or like fucking six inches round. So I mean, I kind of get why they were doing it, but I'm not running that, so it didn't work for me. Yeah, but 
Yeah, so I did the rear one, got it all mocked up, used the level because, uh, like I said, the bike's propped up where it's going to ride at. So I used the level because I wanted it to be level to the ground while the bike was setting at the angle it was going to set at. Yeah. So used my level, got it all mocked up, um, tacked everything up, got it good to go. Started working on the front one, did the same thing, did a pie cut to bring it up like seven eighths of an inch, I think it was, because it was pointing down towards the ground. I had to bring it up like seven eighths of an inch to get it level. And I had to bring it in towards the frame. Uh, I think it was like an inch and three quarters or something. So I cut the pie cut in it to move it where I needed it. Um, tacked on a straight piece, a 45, and another straight piece to get it up to match the other one. Um, so now they're like, I don't know, roughly two inches gap between them, three inches big. Love it. Uh, actually, it's not even that. It's like an inch and a half, inch and three quarters gap between the two of them. They come back kick up together up out of the back um i love it it looks it's different i mean it's it's something unique it's like everything else stands out something weird but i love them they look great um they came out honestly better than i was expecting (laughs) dude they Um, came out awesome in in the pie like you said for eyeballing the take it basically what he's talking about uh we didn't say it in detail is if you have a a pipe that's kind of you need to come in just a couple of degrees. You can get by by taking a pie slice out of one side of the pipe. Um, so instead of like cutting the whole pipe, you can do it both ways. Um, but if you're looking to just make a very minor adjustment and you don't want to cut through the entire pipe and then file one side down and, and weld the whole thing back on, you can kind of cut a slice out of just the inside. And that, and then by then you push it together to take up the gap, and you re-weld that seam, and you can kind of get a couple degrees if you're making like finer tuned adjustments. That's what we're talking about here. Um, you could also cut the whole thing off, but it's not always necessary. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get into cutting it completely and then trying to match angles and re-tack it and all that stuff. Sometimes um, you end up further away too. <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's uh, a delicate uh, process. Uh, Took the angle grinder out and was like, oh, it's just, this looks good. And I bent it a little bit and then I'd, you know, stick it up there. And I was like, oh, that's not enough. And I trim a little bit more off and, you know, push it back together and hold it up there and got them to where, um, honestly, I probably cut a little bit too much because they, the front cylinder comes down and it, it and put it in between the frame and the pipes and kind of push the front cylinder out a little bit to where I want it to set. So when I go to mount them, I'm just going to do wherever I do my mountain bracket, I'm going to make it to where it pushes that pipe out to where I have about a half an inch between the, the sissy bar and the pipes, just so they're not sitting there rattling the entire fucking town. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely. Yeah. I mean, they're, if they be if they were touching each other, you would definitely be getting some noises. But <clears throat> it's tough to get the exact angle. I ended up doing the same thing on mine, um, not left and right, but I had I brought my two upswept fishtails back, and one of uh, the top one was like leaning down a little bit more than the bottom one, and so I cut the top. I cut like a slice out of the top pushed it up until visually I saw that like the gap was the same and then just hit attack right there and re-welded that same, the seam on the top. 
Yeah, that's uh, I I wish I would have took a video of me trying to like hold these pipes up and line them up and all this shit when I when I was trying to do it because I'm like one foot against the hammer, like pulling it out from the frame, and then I'm like holding the pipe up there to see where it lines up at. And then I got like the toe of my foot underneath that pipe, and I'm trying to line it up, and then yeah, I ended up <laughs> holding it up there and got it where I want it, and then I'm like putting a couple little tacks on it to hold and it was it was I don't even know it was fucking crazy <laughs> sitting in here trying to do it by myself with you know yeah and everything up and get it to work out get the, the angles right because uh I originally tacked the front cylinder I tacked the 45 and the straight piece to go up and I, I eyeballed it and I tacked them and then I stepped to the back and I realized it was off by like half an inch and the pipes look weird they were like stick in different directions. And I was like, that's not going to fucking work. So yeah, it, I, I had to break it, break the welds loose and clean it back up. And then that's when I was trying to line the shit up and hold it with, you know, my feet and my knees and everything I had to get a, a couple of tacks to get it lined up. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, it would be so easy with a second set of hands if you could just get one because the yeah. longer the pipe, the more unruly it's like you, even the, the heat of the tack, is going to move the pipe around a little bit. So it's a, it's yeah, that's a, my kind of my worry when I go to weld them solid. Cause so the rear cylinder is completely welded and ground down with 40 grit. Um, I got to clean it up with, you know, some higher grit flat desk, but the front one, I've just got it like maybe a third of the way welded. Um, I've got kind of short beads ran in a couple spots around each seam, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of worried when I go to, to fully weld it, that it's going to warp a little bit on me and move. You know what, uh, what I was doing with mine to get them, <clears throat> I was trying to come up, but I was worried about the same thing that it would come over. And I don't know if this would, you might be able to do this just to keep them from moving a ton when you weld them. But I just took two pieces of uh, just regular, like thick, quarter inch steel that was like an inch strip of it um there's a long two long pieces two one foot pieces but one inch wide and just put them on either side of the two pipes and then i c clamped them onto each pipe so now they can't go anywhere yeah they can't they couldn't go left to right as i was trying to figure out how far up I needed to go. So, because I, I tracked it one time and I did the same thing. All of a sudden it was sticking out from the bike and I'm like, okay, I need some kind of guide to keep them in line. Um, I don't know if that would help with. That like, might. I'm a, I'll have to look at it. Yeah. Mine was the opposite. So I attacked the front cylinder. It was sticking in towards like the center of the bike. So like the back cylinder was perfect right where I wanted it. And the front one was sticking in like half or three quarters of an inch. It looked weird. They were like offset coming up. And I was like, I looked at it from the back and I was like, nope, that shit's not going to work. Yeah, it's tricky. And it only really works if if one of them is already bolted up. You know what I mean? So when I did the front one, I had had made the rear one where I wanted it. I was happy with it. So I had it bolted um, to the engine. I don't have any bolts to the frame or nothing, but I had it bolted to the engine tight enough that it held itself level right where I wanted it. So I like double checked that it was level and I was like, all right, cool. So then I was doing kind of doing that. I was building the the front cylinder based off of, you know, the rear one. Cause the rear one is the top, top plate. 
So I was building the front one kind of based off of where that one was, getting it level and then matching the 45 so they came up together right and trying to sort all that out. It's a fucking tricky process, man. Need a, need a helper for some of this. Yeah, it worked out in the end. So fake it till you make it or fake it till you break it, whichever one works. <laughs> exactly. It's coming out so fucking sick, though, man. I can't wait till you get the Springer in, too. Yeah, it's, that's the next uh, next wait, really, is getting uh, get the Springer in, get it bolted up as a roller, um, see if the kickstand's even going to fucking hold it, and move on from there. Once the Springer's in, honestly, the rest of it's what I'm going to call little shit. Um, you know, the, the big stuff's already done, the exhaust, the seat, the tank. All that shit will be on here. The tires are already figured out. I'll just have to figure out the little shit like um, sprocket spacers and oh yeah, you know, little little piddly shit like that. Chain. Yeah, run it. Figure out what how many links I need in the chain. Um, sprocket spacers. I've already laid the wiring diagram out and started, um, or laid the wiring harness out and started looking at the diagram, kind of figuring out what I can cut out. Um, I have to do little shit, you know tag lights and a headlight and um, obviously get the seat upholstered, get paint, whatever. But that's, you know, some of the big shit, but I still got a bunch of little mock-up shit to figure out before we can get to paint. But the, the rate we're moving right now, um, I think, I don't think it's too crazy to say we'll probably be prepping for paint around you know, the first of the year, somewhere in January. That's awesome, man. Making quick fucking work of this thing. I'd love to see it. And then bars. I appreciated them. Excited to see it myself. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like you said, a lot of, lot of time, a lot of money into making these things look as cool as they, they end up. So, and it'll be yeah. something that, like you said, got got to be five people at West that are riding around on one of these things. John. Yeah, there's yes. there's a couple guys um, I've met through the forums that have you know done little like bobbers and shit. But as far as running like a Springer front end, and as far as running a Springer and a hardtail on a factory frame, nobody's doing it. Um, yeah. There's one other dude running lucky. He built the Springer and the hardtail, but he built it off a custom built frame from like Milwaukee or Minnesota or somewhere. He had a frame built for him. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing his, uh, and that was a big, uh, that was a big wheel, like OCC style rear frame. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. He did a big fat tire in the back. Um, Everybody that has a bobber, it's, it's a, the suspension is kept. It's a sportster tank on it. It's drag bars on it in a, in a sprung seat with the suspension i've seen it yeah um, they're all, they're there's, all the same one, there's one other dude in ohio it's one of dustin's buddy his instagram's uh like jab crap cycles or something yes dude um, this is actually really he's got a springer on there right yeah he put the springer he did the springer on the front and did um he's got tiny what he you know, suspension I, yeah he's got a tiny little, little tiny little tank i think he did struts maybe on the rear? I'm not 100% sure what he did on the rear of his. But. I think he still has the stock suspension, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, but his has, like, apes and all. It looks – I mean, his is outside of that. It's probably the next 
closest thing to this as far as building a yeah um, i'm looking at it right now he's got the regular suspension on it um but he's got a tiny little wassel tank um yeah that little tank's puny yeah that he that's actually a really nice setup i like the way he's got that thing laid out yeah i, I talk to him kind of regularly i like uh like the shit that he's there and he's been through some of the stuff that I'm trying to work out. So me and him chat a whole bunch about, you know, some of the little ins and outs and stuff that I'm working on. It's a really nice Springer he's got on there too. It looks like a Harley Springer. I don't remember who he got. He said his was from, but he's buddies with Dustin that's building the Springers now. So I figure if I leave that stem, he'll be running one of Dustin's before too much longer. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and he his still has the transfer case. And that's the other thing, too, we didn't mention is that when you go to hard yeah. case, transfer case anymore, so that you really can't. Yeah, I think we touched on that last time, but for the people that fucked up and didn't listen, um, basically the transfer case substitute as a secondary, as the external oil tank. Yeah. Holds an additional like two or three quarts oil, uh, but basically takes it from a right side converts it over to the left and runs a belt driven. You yanked all that shit out. Um, so now it's going to be right side chain driven and an external oil tank. So I said, Lucky's the only other person that I've seen. I've, I've been scouring forums and looking around and he's the only other one I've seen that's doing the right side chain drive at all. Yeah. There was a guy, the guy I had originally got the idea from his name was Brent. one on the, um, the Roadstar Clinic. And then Roadstar Clinic migrated. They got like a new hosting platform and all the old form went like they ported a bunch of stuff over, but that guy never made it over. Um, I never was able to get in touch with him. I talked to him one time. He was like an engineer. So he had, he designed and built the whole frame, not just the hardtail okay. section, he built the entire frame himself, which is fucking wild. Um, and he had done the right side chain. And that was the guy I, I had originally talked to where I was like, oh, shit, how did you pull the transfer case? And then I then was never able to get in touch with him again. So there's only three out there that I'm aware of. Yours, his, so, and Lucky's. Yeah, so I found on Roadstar Clinic, which honestly, I don't post a lot of shit on there. Um, but I found your old write-up from where you first started this thing, and I kind of attached it to my build thread. Oh, shit. Um, you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I found where you did it um, originally where you were doing the hardtail and all that shit. So I attached it to mine, but Roadstar Clinic is not very chopper friendly. Like what I'm doing to this bike, they seem to kind of frown upon. Um, So most of my stuff goes on Star Bike Clinic, which covers pretty much all the Yamahas. And those dudes are way more open to choppers and bobbers and people doing hardtails and people doing springers and, you know, people stripping these big comfy old man bikes down and doing something crazy with them. Um, yeah. Yep. So I, I post a lot of shit on there, chat with a bunch of the guys on there um, way more than I do Roadstar Clinic. I, I neglect the fuck out of Roadstar Clinic because, I mean, it's just. It's a lot uh, of the, just. Yeah, there's no support there, but not even the support. There's more like negative coming out of Roadstar Clinic than 
anything positive. So yeah, and I haven't been on there in a long. There were all there was like a, there was a guy psych and then another guy father pro bastard that were like the only two people. Psych was the one that the first person I saw had done the foot clutch, and that's who I got the foot clutch idea from. Um, after seeing his, but. I remember looking at his post and a bunch of people be like, Oh, it must suck to stop on a hill. Oh, it must suck when you have to fucking, yeah. you know, ride it in traffic. And it was just a bunch of people shitting on him. But I was like, Hey, tell me how you do that. <laughs> I want to do that on mine too. And then, yeah, it, it was never very chopper friendly. It was just a couple of people that were pushing through. And that was years ago. Like I said, that's yeah, well, I mean, just little shit. Like I posted pictures when I built the sissy bar. And a dude's like, well, you should do an extra support strut coming forwards because it'll be more stable. And I'm like, that's fucking five, eight solid square stock. Where the fuck do you think it's going? Yeah, this is fucking chonky, but don't worry about me. Yeah, like there's five, eight square stock and grade eight bolts to the frame. Where the fuck do you think that thing's really going to go? Like, I can't help it. You beat it. You built a fucking CB750 and you decided you needed to put fucking a sissy bar that should bolt to a fucking swing arm bike on it. But that's not my fucking style. So I'm not doing it. (laughs) People build these things like they're fucking suspension bridges. I'm like, relax, bud. It's it's not going to fall over. Yeah, it's fucking, I don't know. But yeah, I post a lot of shit on Starbike. I've got a big ass like build thread going on on there with you know and everyone's like oh hell yeah you know i'm glad to see someone doing something crazy i love the ideas like keep posting pictures like everybody on there is you know cool with me building something off the wall nothing like anything else on that forum other than like jab crap cycles he's on there oh Um, that's awesome yeah he just started he found me on roadstar clinic and i I messaged him on Instagram and I was like, dude, I post way more shit to Starbike. And he was like, I've been on there in like six years. So he signed back in and started updating his shit. Um, oh, nice. Him, yeah. So he started updating from his build. And then um, there's a couple other guys. There's a dude in the UK right now that's building a crazy ass bobber. Um, he's keeping suspension and shit, but he stripped that thing like completely to the frame. He's doing all this like fab work and paint work. And I, I like watching. He's doing with a one of the V-Star 1100s, but he's doing doing some cool shit, but yeah, but I mean, it's, the support's definitely like way better. He's doing the 1100 because I was just going to make a joke about how I didn't think you could get a 1600 in the UK. And then you said he's actually working with the 1100. Yeah, Yeah, he's doing an 1100. Uh, Go figure, huh? When, when we had, um, oh, shoot. I'm blanking on his name. The guy that yeah. all the oh, fuck me. I don't, I don't remember his name either, but I was listening to that when he was talking about the one twenty fives and you have to get this license to go get this. And I was like, man, fuck Dude. all that. <laughs> right? It, that like I was blown away by that of how restrictive it is on all these little things and and like the the fucking Gestapo of the of the roadways. I forget what the name was. Where he's like, you just don't fuck. Yeah, with the people. fucking. It was like, um, basically like our version of DOT. Yeah. Like the DOT guys would just pull you over and like check your fucking mufflers and random shit. I was like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> Country Road Customs was his name with a K. There, Country Road yeah, Customs. It's fucking yeah, I was listening to that one. And like the difference and shit over there was just fucked my head all up <laughs> seriously it's fucking wild 
Um, but hey, before we get too much further along here, let me just go ahead and thank some of the people that make this show possible. First up, we got Deadbeat Customs out of Tuxbury, Massachusetts. They got the new shop set up. They got their bike nights going on. The third, uh, actually, I think if it, oh yeah, no, never mind. I think that was the last one last week. But they got a bunch of cool parts. They got all the goodies over there in Tuxbury. Swing by in person or go to deadbeatcustoms.com and follow them on Instagram at deadbeatcustoms. Also, check out their YouTube channel. Next up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs. You heard us talking about it a second ago. We are both running Hypnic Jerk taillights on the chops. Super bright, super high quality stuff. Handmade stainless steel goodies made by Cam himself in the land down under. So if you want to grab one for yourself or you want to do a custom order, he takes custom orders, hit up him at hit up Cam at Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram or go to hypnicjerkcustoms.com to see what he's got in stock. Next up, we got Stay Strong Co. The homie John, always cooking up new goodies, helmet racks, glove racks, and a whole bunch of other good shit, as well as making the finest hot sauce in all the motherfucking land. So go follow Stay Strong Co. LLC on Instagram and let him know we sent you. Next up, we got Steel City Blacksmithing. Dude is killing it. Absolutely killing it out there in PA. I just saw he's doing these copper, hand-poured, forged hammers out of copper that are like a square, polished copper machinist hammer. Um, Super fucking cool with a twisted steel handle. Really good for tapping on parts that you don't want to ding up because the copper is softer than steel. Really fucking unique as well as he's doing those twisted spokes for the invaders that lead sled is going to be selling always staying busy always crushing it make sure you follow steel city blacksmithing on instagram and then we got no luck paintworks the homie dan bliss out there in manchester new hampshire crushing it with the paint jobs i just saw the tank that we talked about on rhino's episode um shit is fucking fire can't wait for everybody else to see it. I, don't, oh, I was about to describe it a little bit, but I know it's still under wraps. So I won't spoil it, but go follow No Luck Paintworks on Instagram. He's got a bunch of rolling trays available for sale right now. Go snag yourself one. And then we got yours truly, Ferro Fabrication, right here in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Just wrapped up a tank for fish tank whiskey, a set of bars, and we got some framework for Kenny in the shop right now for his XS. Got to relocate. He went with the the new Hughes CDI system, probably the best charging system for the XS650. And we got to do some relocating of the components. So we will jump on that and then we'll be freed up. So if you got a project, hit me up at Faro Fabrication on Instagram and click the link in the bio to check out website. And then last but not least, we've got Loctite's motherfucking chop shop located in Epping, New Hampshire. This guy does a little bit of everything. He's taken pinstriping orders. His wife is running the, uh, the vinyl and screen printing side of things. So if you want hats, stickers, koozies, all that shit, hit him up at Loctite's chop shop or unicorn ranch. All right. I think we made it. Uh, through. 
Yeah. Before we close out, can I plug one little event that's happening down here that I just got asked Ooh. to help coordinate? Yeah, absolutely. Throw it out there. So uh, I'm sure everyone here has heard of any Larry motorcycles. They've heard of the Aiden's rides that happen all over the country. Um, local guy here hit me up, um, asked me to help him coordinate Aiden's ride Virginia for next year, 2022, July 9th. It's a Saturday, 2022. Uh, I've created a page. It's Aiden's ride Virginia on Instagram, all one word. Um, we're looking for sponsors. We're looking for people to show up, turn out, ride for a good cause, you know, support the kids. This foundation's doing great shit for the kids all over the country, trying to, uh, you know, save kids' lives, essentially, is, is what it comes down to. Help families that are in need and, and save lives. Love it, man. And so, can you just throw out there the, uh, the, the Instagram page or, or like where people can go if they so, Instagram, it's all one word. It's Aiden, Aiden's Ride Virginia. It's all solid. Um, you'll find us on Instagram. I've been slowly posting stuff on there, um, working on getting some sponsors, getting a flyer set up, whatever. Said so we're not hosting until July 2022. It'll be July 9th, Saturday. Um, and we will we'll host a ride. Um, we're going to have a raffle. We're going to have food, you know. How do you spell on- it? Is AI. D-A. Oh, hang on. Oh, now, I've been, now I've done tried to spell it funky. It's A-I-D-A-N-S. Aiden's. Got it. Yep. Aiden's Ride, Virginia. I just followed it. All right. Yep. Cool. It's all, all one word. Um, like I said, we're working on gathering sponsors. We're trying to get uh, word out to the community. Um, working. We just secured a venue. Um, waiting to back. Waiting to hear back from Laszlo. Um make sure that everything's solid with the venue. But from there, it's it's on. We're going to get sponsors, like I said, for um, to run a raffle during the during the ride. We'll have a ride. We haven't set out a destination. Uh, we've got the destination. We haven't set out how long the ride's going to be, but should be somewhere around an hour probably. Uh, if you're anywhere near Virginia, hit me up. Hit up the page, you know, whatever. We'll give you some more info. Stuff's going to be coming out as it comes around. Um but we're just trying to get as many people out and raise as much money as we can. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great cause, man. I will definitely, uh, we'll continue to plug it here throughout the weeks. Awesome. I appreciate that. You got it, man. So killer progress on this bike. Like I said, I'm stoked to see where you're going with it. Uh, we'll have to have you on one more time to do a recap once it's all finished. Yeah. Um, barbecue run. That's there you go. It's, my date. it's been my date since the beginning, since before I ever picked this thing up from you. Barbecue run was the the deadline that I said I'm riding this fucker to barbecue run. So, and come out to North Carolina, you'll see it firsthand. It's going to be the the first show, the unveiling. Um, I've been talking shit to Maddie Jobber Fisher forever. Maddie, <laughs> don't come for that fucking trophy, homie. <laughs> I'm gonna take that Jap trophy next year. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's it's coming along. We're uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to see it in a final piece. Ready to ride this fucker down the road. Fuck yeah, man! That's where it deserves to be. So, hey, do you have any uh, 
closing thoughts for the people as we move to shut this one down? Uh, yeah. So I'm going to say it's Friday, motherfuckers. Fall is for shotgun and beer and dropping deer. Spring's on the way and the prism head's coming out to play. Yes. (laughs) I love it, man. Crushed it with that. This got to be the, uh, this is like the guest never seems to do a rhyming one. So this is good. I'm, I'm glad to hear this. All right. So let's see. To close this one out, I will say when you're building a bike, the needs to go far. Harleys are nice, but they ain't no road star. <laughs> Hell yeah. Internationally known. When I be on the mic. I'm internationally known, yo. I'm internationally known. When I be on the mic. To all hell the honorable. It's to my real ill. Heavyweight hitters. Don't get it. 50 ways to make figures. My they come on the spot to fail sisters like the hair rail spitters. The kids on the ziggas ziggas. When it's ugly, then the club is lovely. Thugs be sipping Hennessy and bubbly. To my comrade, they keep it flaming hot on dangerous blocks. Claim the spots where the goal is to be one of the top ranked soldiers. One of the high rollers, get respect in the hood. Credit is good. Knock it down, lumberjack style, baby. Extra wood. Rock it all night long. The bangathon, baby. Keep hanging on. We like it with the lights on. Don't have to blow 20 down to get to know honey style. Show her the town. Steal a heart, no money down. I'm internationally known. When I be on the mic. I'm internationally known, yo. Some hardcore, yeah, we like it raw for sure. Broads on the floor, wall to wall. It's more at the door, players ball to score. Cause this right here is for all of y'all. Rockin' my primo, yo, I got what you need, bro. You go see a show, tell me, yo. And DJs play hits with hard bass kicks. And then they display tricks like the Matrix. Make the record fly, undetected by the naked eye. Don't just feel the vibe, cause your ears never lie. Nowadays, DJs bags of tricks, graphic. Also behind the backs. Catch it and scratch it, blast it. This kid got his craft mastered. Hands is mad quick, like he mixed with magic. Spin it back and forth and grab it, and know just where it is. I'm internationally known. When I be on the mic, I'm internationally known, yo. Mistakes. I hit the street with beats and they critique for weeks. They be like, how that kid ride reach the peak? Pull out the heat and use my technique to speak. It's dangerous. Sit calm and explain to kids what part of the game this is in foreign languages. They hold raws events in different continents. Put my lyrical contents in monuments and ghetto garments. I rock a towel like a pharaoh. Mind travel, design style like a pharaoh. My fashions last long as a lifetime. Cause I can see the future when the guard right by. They mad cause I manage the range so long, like they chance to get money done, came and gone, this is strictly for my listeners on the corners at night, and the sisters that be keeping this right when I be on the mic, I'm internationally known, yo.